Good morning. It's time to wake up, y'all. You're listening to the Armchair Quarterback Show. We're here weekdays, 8 a.m. Eastern, 7 Central to 10 a.m. Eastern, 9 Central. Available on Google Android, Apple iPhone, Facebook Live, and Periscope Twitter. Tap that Armchair Quarterback's app. Take us anywhere you go. The Armchair Quarterback Show, your first choice for Southern Sports Talk. Good morning, Mr. Justin Waller. Good morning. I don't know much, but I know one thing. The BCS is greater than the college football playoff. You can't change my mind on that one. It's time to end this nonsense. Hi, I'm Mac McGinn. I don't know much, but I know one thing. National Signing Day is here. We will be keeping you abreast on what's going on, whether it's good or bad. You're listening to the Armchair Quarterbacks. Since you have so many balls and too many toys can be overstimulating for an infant, Brantley here was wondering if he could borrow one to play with. Oh, that's funny because Jack here was just wondering why the crazy lady who just spent the last hour chain smoking and talking on her cell phone while her kid ate sand would come over to two complete strangers and give them parenting advice. Oh, oh, he also thanked me for not naming him Brantley. Yeah. Armchair. Community Access Channel. He's the armchair quarterback. He's full of beer and he's full of snacks. The All-American Man. Yeah, the armchair. Hey, howdy, hi. Top of the morning to you. Welcome to the Armchair Quarterback Radio Show. I'm Mac, Me- Mac McGee sitting alongside Justin Waller. Justin, uh, I believe National Signing Day has officially begun about an hour or so ago. And I think it's taking everyone by surprise because I think most people woke up this morning forgetting about it because you got so much other junk going on in the world of sports that, oh, by the way, your future uh, lies in the balance over the next 48 hours. Other than that, you know, not a whole lot to talk about in college football. (laughs) How are you, sir? I'm doing great. Still uh, bumfoozled as to why we put up with the stupid oh. playoff committees. And, it's and, asinine. And, let, let, let's fix the stupid playoffs, okay? Let, let's do it right now. There is no reason that uh, Cincinnati and Coastal Carolina shouldn't have an invite to the party. I am no longer going to keep the gloves off when talking about the committee. It is simple to me why they keep getting it wrong. There's two main factors. A... I don't care what they say. They don't watch the games. They do not watch the games. They might watch a game every Saturday, but they do not take the take the job seriously. So that's number one. If you want to get it right, get, get a group of people who are going to dedicate their Saturdays to watching college football, and that's where you begin. The other biggest issue that I have in this thing is it becomes painfully obvious this whole damn thing is a money grab. It has got nothing to do with putting the best teams in. It's all about putting teams in from the highest revenued conferences throughout college football. You cannot convince me that the University of Florida, after falling on their face against LSU, which doesn't really matter, they're not going to put them in the playoffs, but you can't convince me that they belong at number seven over teams like Cincinnati. Cincinnati fell a spot because Florida lost. What the hell has that got to do with anything? So I the the whole thing is a fraud. It's a joke, and it's getting to the point where I'm I'm starting to fall out of love with 
with the college football championship process. The game, I'm always going to love, right? But the process of the championship, it's becoming more of a joke to me than anything else. What say you? Yeah, I mean, uh, I hated the BCS, but at least it was, I mean, you took the human element out of it. Apparently, the human element is uh, broken and flawed right now because, yeah, I don't explain how an idle Cincinnati drops back. But, anywho, I've always, you know this, I've always argued for six. I thought that was the model to looking forward to that still goes. But, dude, I think you just got to go straight eight put top five in from each conference or the you know the the champions and then Seven is if heaven, you want to have baby. the human element then that committee is to do nothing but figure out who the other three at larges are period plain and simple seven is heaven seven is heaven uh you have two at larges you got the f- power five champions and someone gets rewarded for being the best team in the country and you're always gonna seven have is the, fine i'm good with it and you're I always just, gonna this have has the, to stop and you're always going to have the human element in that process. I get that. But I think in most years, it's pretty obvious who the best team in the country is once you get their entire resume out there. And if you got to quip, you know, quibble about this and that, well, then make sure whoever the number two team is playing is definitely the worst team that's getting in, right? So, in other words, don't make, don't make it where, oh, we don't want – uh, for instance, just on a random year, I'm not talking about this year specifically, but we don't want to see a rematch. We want to put against this versus this when the team that barely snuck in is definitely the worst team, right? Or don't make it where you always have to have the at-largest playing the con- the uh, the conference. I'm sorry, yeah, the largest playing the conference champions. If you think on a given year that someone like, we'll say um, – Okay, I'll, I'll say like a Big 12 champion this year. Let's say Oklahoma gets in, right? And you think that they're the biggest question mark in there, then put them at the bottom and let Notre Dame play them, right? And so, but this is this whole thing is nonsense. For these people, they're supposed to be elder statesmen and of high quality and well-respected throughout the college football community. They can't get out of their own way. They don't watch the games, which is an issue to me. I don't care what they say. They're lying about that because Reese Davis wants to get up there and try to tell you, oh, yeah, we, I know them. I, they watch the games. There's no way you watch the games if you put these teams in the, in, in the way you have them. For people that missed it, real quick, it is the top four haven't changed. Alabama, Notre Dame. Clemson and Ohio State. Then you go to AM at number five, Iowa State at six, laugh. Florida at seven, laugh, laugh. Cincinnati falls to nine, absolutely asinine and absurd. And yeah, I don't understand how you stack three two loss teams in Iowa State, Florida, and Georgia right there in front of Cincinnati. I don't either. I just Cincinnati has to be bare minimum sixth. The only way Cincinnati is beaten out by is A and M, in my opinion. That is the only team that you beat them out. Yes. And you could even convince me that Southern Cal deserves to be up a little higher in front of teams with two losses, because even though I I would not put them in unless something drastically happened in this weekend. They Southern Cal has earned the right to be above the University of Florida, right? 
The only way University of Florida jumps over them is if they win the SEC championship and Southern Cal looks terrible or does not win the Pac-12 championship. Yeah, I don't, I don't, Indiana should be up higher. Coastal Carolina should be a top 10 school. Uh, I, I'm not saying they should be what anywhere about near top five. The Pac-12, did you see this? Did you see what they did with their championship game? I think this flew under the radar. They, it, it was supposed to be Southern Cal versus Washington. Late Monday afternoon, they changed it, and now it's going to be Oregon versus Southern Cal. What? And Oregon belongs in the championship game, if you buy the rules of it. But they're doing it because they think there will there'll be more of a uh, interest television-wise, so they're putting Oregon in. They didn't do what the ACC did and, and went top to bottom and got rid of divisions. So you have to go by the rulings, and they've just flip-flopped their freaking mind and said, okay, we're going to put this team instead of that team in. Can you imagine the outcry if today we see across the news, SEC has deemed it better for Georgia to be in over Florida in the SEC title game? Can you imagine? I mean, it would just, it would, Twitter would explode. My mind would explode just no, reading but, Twitter. But no one's reacting to this. That's, <laughs> yeah. And that's how I know Pac-12 football is not relevant. When people try to tell you, oh, they take it serious out there. First of all, I lived out there for a short time, but I lived out there. I never heard anyone talk about Pac-12 football. A little bit about Southern Cal. They were pretty good back then. But that, I, they, they didn't talk about that. They talked about the NBA. They talked about Major League Baseball and a little NFL. But to just get that ripped out from under you? How are the Huskies not raising $300 worth of hell right now? I, I don't get it. It makes a buzz, but I, I, I can't answer that. Uh, that flew under the radar. I was oblivious to it. So uh, I'm just shocked, scratching my head right now, trying to yeah, figure out. Uh, it's, it's nuts. And this college football playoff, there, I, I am extremely disappointed in the fact that Cincinnati's not in the top six. That's that's the gist of it. I mean, what do they have to have happen, right? I mean... Did- I mean, everybody's got to lose three games before they get a chance. I mean... Right. We just went through the summer of equality. Uh, are, are these non-Power 5 schools not equal enough to play? I mean, can we not get some exclusion <laughs> here? What, what, what's going on? <laughs> Sorry, man. A little reverse psychology. Figured I'd try that and see if that approach worked for me. It works for the other side. <laughs> I just, I can't, I can't fathom it anymore. And they, and if if you look at the at the rest of the uh, of the of the rankings, they are absurd as well. You know, you've got we mentioned it finishes with seven seven at Florida, eight Georgia and Indiana, uh, Cincinnati nine nine. Makes no sense. Why in the living hell is Cincinnati? behind Georgia and Florida, they both have two losses, right? Iowa State has two losses. The only thing I can argue with Iowa State and Florida is they have a chance to win their conference championship this week. But, hey, let them win the conference championship before you leapfrog them. What you're saying right now is that today, because they've always said today, this is how it's ranked. Indiana's got one loss. They're behind all those two loss teams. Oklahoma's in front of them. Coast, poor Coastal Carolina can't even get in the top 10. They're 11-0. They beat a good BYU team. 
in a minute's notice. I know B, I know people are the naysayers are going to say BYU didn't have a lot of time to plan, but it, it, it worked both ways, right? So you can't take that away from Coastal Carolina. And they won a big game against Troy last week, which could have easily, easily been a letdown game. They're sitting at number 12 at 11 and 0. It's 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 a joke. Then USC sitting there at five and zero, and the rest really isn't worth getting into. Yeah, but, I mean, I, I still can't get past. I mean, even at the top, I mean, Ohio State, the, just the the golden child. And, and hey, are are they probably the best team in the Big Ten? Yeah. This reminds. Did me. they play the minimum qualifying games that they said they would have to play? Everybody else is dealing with COVID this year, and just because you had to sit out game, you know, tough. There's a lot of other programs that have incurred the same thing. It sh- Indiana shouldn't be penalized, and I still – I'm telling you what, I'm going UCF on this, and Indiana's my 2020 Big Ten champion. Indiana, they they lost to Ohio State on the field, right? They did, but they played the minimum of games, and there's nobody else in their division that's even close to them, so they're in, even with the one loss. I mean – Ohio State didn't mean the requirements. It took a rule change. I, I think, and you know why it took a rule change? Because it's all about the money. Same thing you alluded to with this college football playoffs. We've said that for years. It's just, it is what it is. The biggest mistake that the Big Ten did, and I think to a degree, well, not the SEC, because the SEC was playing a full 10 game schedule. So I have no issue with the way SEC did theirs. But you should have mirrored what the ACC did and not have divisions and then have the two teams with the best record. And if they're, and if there's a nudge, if they didn't play each other, so to speak, go to highest ranking. That's what they did years ago with the sec championship or whatnot. Remember if it, if there ever was a, a, uh, an, an absolute tie that they would go to the highest ranked team, right? That we get the sugar bowl bid. This is before the sec championship and all that. And that would give us Indiana versus Ohio State for the Big Ten title. And I could live with that. If Ohio State could go out and beat Indiana twice, even though they'd only be 6-0 and at that point, I could live with that. At least they've proved it on the field. Northwestern should not belong in the same building as Ohio State. Nothing against Northwestern football. They've done a fine job this year. I get it. I Look, I'm... I'm a big fan of underdogs. After last week's loss, I wouldn't care. It's the SEC did the same thing. But you got guys on that Northwestern that Northwestern uh, defensive line. I guarantee you the stats are going to come out when you sit down to watch the game, and they're going to be talking about how much bigger the lines are between Ohio State and Northwestern. And I guarantee you, to a man, it's going to average around twenty to thirty pounds easily. So. The whole thing is just, it's absurd and it's a joke. And the fact that they continue to put that on as a television show, I, I don't watch it anymore because I, I'm getting to the point where I can't stomach uh, the the nauseating way that Reese Davis comes off as that he's greater than everybody else and you should listen to him. And he's, you know, it's, it's like a lot of people, they, they, they revealed that there are true colors in uh, 2020, but so what I do is I just record it, and then when it gets to, after I know they've released it, I just flip through and, and see the rankings real quick while, while I'm sitting there hanging out with the wife. Or last night I was actually watching the Florida State basketball game as I was flipping through that because I I don't need to, I, I just I, I don't need to hear their nonsense. Um, they're they're gonna get there and say. 
I, I can I didn't even watch it. I guarantee I know what Herb Street said. Look, I know they're five and zero, but we know from the eye test they're they belong there. They're the best team in the country. Mr. Senator, where did you graduate college from? That's not important. Mr. Senator, did you not play quarterback at Ohio State? That's not relevant to this conversation. Same thing will, will happen. Who, who, who's the other idiot that they have on there? Uh, Joey Galloway. He'll go on and on and on about Ohio State. Mr. Galloway, where, where were you an All-American wide receiver at? That's not a big part to this issue. Just stop it with this. If you want me to take any of this... If you want to take, take this seriously, either A, get a dumbass like me or you that didn't graduate from a major university, or get someone who graduated from a major university. And what I mean by that, someone in the Ivy Leagues whose team is never going to be in the conversation. Because I can't listen to these guys who all have, it would be like Danny Cannell, and look, I know a lot of people hate Danny Cannell, but it would be like Danny Cannell coming on and saying, I'm telling you right now, Florida State was robbed, they should be in the ACC championship game. Sir, where did you play quarterback at? That's not relevant. <laughs> I do not recall at this time. <laughs> tap, tap, tap. Um, it just it's it's asinine. I just I can't listen to it anymore. And for them to constantly, why is it that they win it on the field in every other sport, but in this sport, even when they win it on the field, they don't win it on the field. It's all it's all figured out in the boardroom. What would it take for Cincinnati? or Coastal Carolina, or hell, both of them, to get into the playoffs this week. Blind people. No, Notre this Dame would have to beat. Couldn't be I'm thinking Notre Dame would have to beat Clemson by 70. Same thing, Alabama would have to actually trounce Florida. You still would get A&M slipping in there, and Iowa State or Oklahoma have to get in there because one of them has to win the Big 12, Big 12 championship. So there's no way for Cincinnati to get in the way they're telling us this. Because if, if Oklahoma's behind Cincinnati barely before they play Iowa State, who's number six for the championship, they would leapfrog. They they have no intentions of putting Cincinnati in, in the no. playoffs. But yet None. this is the system they came up that gave the non-Power Fives the opportunity to get in. I mean, essentially, non-Power Fives are playing for a New Year's Day Bowl. That's yeah, I mean, that, that's all did. you're playing for. That's that, all that's, they did. That's your consolation prize. And they're only going to give them one bowl. Because if you think they're going to let Coastal Carolina and Cincinnati both get in the the uh, New Year's Six games, there's no way in hell. They're going to be too worried about television ratings. So it'll be Cincinnati, assuming that, that they are still undefeated at that point. In all reality, that should be a good bowl game. Right. Why not? Right, but it'll be Cincinnati versus someone that they – they'll probably just set it up to where they think that they can uh, <laughs> be honest with you. They're going to try to set it up with the best team that didn't make it so they can go, this is what we think of your Cincinnati. And I hope Cincinnati, I hope they drag them all over the field. And then Coastal Carolina will be hidden in the what used to be Cotton Bowl you know, 2.0 GameStop Classic or whatever the hell they call it, right? It's it's going to be something like that that's it's going to be played on a Tuesday afternoon at 3.30 Eastern, and I'm not talking about like Christmas Eve, Tuesday afternoon. I'm talking about like mid March or something. It's just going to be like, whoa, whoa, what the hell is this? Is this live? <laughs> and that's where they'll hide the coast of Carolina as they're kicking the crap out of Oklahoma or whoever they're playing. Uh, in rant. Uh, let's take a quick break. <laughs> when we come back, uh, Sean is on the way. 
and uh, that magical sound that Justin loves. We play Wheel of Fortune today, baby. We'll be back in a flash here on the Armchair Quarterbacks. Keep it locked in to CBS Sports Radio. I don't return fruit. Fruit's a gamble. I know that going in. Are you a gun enthusiast? Love to shop for guns, but are also looking for friendly service? Well, you're in luck. Here in St. Augustine, Top Gun Supply is the friendly gun shop. Staff is very knowledgeable, happy to see you when you walk through the door, and can assist you with all your gun shopping needs. Top Gun Supply stocks a wide range of firearms, such as Ruger, Beretta, Six Hour, HK, and LWRC. So stop on by at Top Gun Supply at 525 State Road 16 in St. Augustine. Top Gun Supply here in St. Augustine, the friendly gun shop, a proud sponsor of the Armchair Quarterbacks. Armchair Quarterback Radio is AFC South Country, all NFL season long. They hand it off for Ned. He's driving, and he's in for the touchdown. Wow! Drive starts at the one and looking for a little breathing room, and they get that and plenty more. Derrick Henry still going. Stays in bounds. He might go. 99 yards for the touchdown. Unbelievable. Second and ten. Empty set. Walk down field. And that is Hilton again. First and goal. Ebron. What a year for him. Eric Ebron. Touchdown. Pull. Slant. Caught. Touchdown. Marquise Lee. And he punched the ball into the stands. Deep. And he's got it. Keelan Cole. Touchdown, Jacksonville. Stay locked in to the AFC South on Armchair Quarterback Radio. Quality is at an all-time low. But hey, that doesn't mean you can't have a little fun. New from Mattel, it's the Greenhouse Gas Gun. Do you hate the snowman next door? Use the Greenhouse Gas Gun. Want to piss off an entire room full of tree huggers? Use the Greenhouse Gas Gun. There is simply no end to the amount of fun and respiratory disease you can have with the Greenhouse Gas Gun. Armchair. We are the Armchair Quarterback Show. Your first choice for sports talk live from the First Coast. Think of me, babe, Fantasy Sports is back, and it's time to jump into DraftKings. Go to DraftKings today at DraftKings.com. Golf, NASCAR, soccer, you name it. And, of course, Major League Baseball, basketball, hockey, and football are on the way. Go to DraftKings.com. Listen to the armchair quarterbacks for DFS advice all year round. This is what friendship means to me. Having so much crap on someone that they can't ever reveal the crap they have on you. But you could have heard a pin drop when Tommy stopped and locked the door. Welcome back here to the Armchair Quarterbacks. We're riding shotgun here with you here on CBS Sports Radio. And uh, Justin, uh, we got a few minutes before Sean jumps on, so we haven't talked much baseball here recently. So let's do that real quick. Um, This... We, were, we mentioned a little bit as, as you were jumping off the air yesterday, but 
the the signing of Dombrowski to the Phillies flew under the radar. And the biggest thing that I take away from this is wherever that guy's gone, first of all, he's won. He won a championship in Miami years ago. He won a championship with the Red Sox in 2018. And he got the Tigers extremely co close three times on my account, going to the World Series twice. I think it was 06 in 2010. And then uh, 2013 was the game was the year that they lost the ALS uh, championship to the Boston Red Sox, but that was a hell of a series and a team that very well could have beaten Boston went on. Of course, that Boston team went on to win it all. So what is your first th thoughts when you see Dombrowski heading to the Phillies and at the same time you ended up with the – Mets hiring what is basically a an extension of Theo Epstein, a, a young man. I think I want to say they said he's only like forty one years old. That has been with Epstein all along the way, has a hell of a resume, and we also know that this means that eventually Theo Epstein's heading to the Mets in some kind of a part ownership role. Is what the rumor is coming out of New York. What say you? Well, I mean, the first part of me uh, cringes about that because, I mean, <laughs> the NL East just got a whole lot better, uh, especially from, you know, front office down. I, I think that only improves this division that was already getting tighter. Um, to me personally, I take the news as a, as a hit with Nashville losing, you know, it, it's investment firm that's looking for a relocated baseball team uh, took a huge hit and uh, it lost a resume piece when, uh, Dabrowski took the uh, the job in Philadelphia. You know, he, he was signed up to be the uh, GM kind of spearheading this project to uh, get baseball off the ground downtown. So a um, little personal setback there, but uh, hopefully uh, that doesn't kill that initiative. But, yeah, as far as the NL East goes, uh, things just got a whole lot tighter. Watch out. Welcoming on to the show is Mr. Sean O'Toole. Uh, man, you're really, you, you've really leaned into that Buffalo Bills hat. I guess you've officially given up on the Detroit Lions and, uh, what they've got going on for the next few decades. How are you, sir? I'm great. And, uh, don't, don't worry about, uh, the Nashville baseball, um, union losing Dombrowski. They replaced him with Hootie. So you'll be fine, Justin. They'll, they, they brought in Hootie. Hootie of Hootie and the Blowfish? <laughs> yeah. Mr. Yeah. Darius Rucker. I mean, that's like having a rod, but at least he's likable. So there's, yeah, <laughs> at least you don't have a villain. In <laughs> You're right. Um, it's going to be interesting to see how this plays out over the next few weeks, because when I see uh, the, the Braves, they have a strong front office, but they don't have the purse strings to be able to keep up with the Joneses, so to speak, with Philadelphia and New York Mets, they're going to spend big money. And let's not forget, and they can fly on the radar, some team that won the World Series a couple of years ago, that they, they, they can spend in their own right. They don't spend as uh, the new New York Mets owner, Cohen famously said, we're not going to spend money like a drunken sailor. But they can spend money. And you got Atlanta over there clipping coupons. It's going to get hairy. It's a good thing that we have a good young nucleus because we're not going to win this on 
beating you at the bank. I watched rewatched Moneyball for the first time in years the other day, and I and I was just sitting here thinking of that is so Anthopolis down the road where he's going to be like, I can't beat these guys because I don't have the money to go get Trevor Bauer in free agency. I'm over here trying to piece together Drew Smiley. And so it's, <laughs> there comes a point. I, I, I still can't believe to this day that Billy Bean turned down the Boston Red Sox job. It's just unbelievably stupid on his part. They tried to sell it as uh, he wanted to stay close to home. With that kind of money, buddy, you could have brought home with you. Literally. You couldn't just bring your daughter and your ex-wife with you. You could have picked up the plot of land and picked it up in a helicopter and moved it and slammed it on top of someone's estate over in Boston, and they'd be like, he runs the Red Sox. they go, okay, well, that's fine. You know, just, <laughs> it is what it is. So, uh Let's move on a little bit for uh, the sake of argument. Sean was not here a second ago before while well, Justin and I were blacking out and you know puking blood about the new college football standings. Um, ba- Sean, the, the gist of it is is we just don't be- we believe the fix is in. There's no way in hell they're going to put Cincinnati in the playoffs. If, if you look at all the scenarios, there's no quote-unquote path for them to get in there. There just isn't, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, they're going to – I guess Ohio State would have to lose two. But then then they would probably just put Indiana or Northwestern in and say, well, right. you know, Cincinnati, you know, you're not in – you don't have your own network, so we're not going to put you in there. <laughs> <laughs> they claim there's a Pac-12 network. I've never actually seen this – this uh, uh, Loch Ness monster, but they say there's a Pac-12 network out there. I'm like, okay, you say so. Uh, real quick, everyone's top five. Justin, how would you lay it out? What what would be fair? Uh, not much argument at the top. Uh, I would obviously have in the, in the top four with uh, Bama, Notre Dame, Clemson. Um, at number four, I would put A&M, then Indiana, and Cincinnati. Sean, what about you? Yeah, Bama, Bama, Notre Dame, Clemson, uh, Cincinnati, and Ohio State in that order. But you know, it's conjecture at this point. They're not gonna. I mean, it's it's laughable that anybody thought that the you know that the the conference the conference championships weren't going to matter. The whole the second the Big Ten said they were meeting for you know to talk about maybe waiving the six game provision i'm like sure sure you are but tell me why again oh that's right money we i mean we all know the answer we don't need to talk about it it's gonna be it's gonna be for that reason here's the only argument i have they've got ohio state up at number four right and they're five Mm -hmm. and oh okay let's skip the whole fact that cincinnati's played a full schedule blah 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 everyone else if they're five and oh and number four why the hell isn't southern cal Number five at five and zero, oh. they're they're both in power five conferences. They're both undefeated. Sure. 
And I don't want to hear this. Oh, you got to look at that eye test on the field. I mean, Jesus Christ. How long do we have to listen to that junk when we know, quote unquote, the eye test? None of these jackasses are watching the game to begin with because they can't be watching the game or they'd have Cincinnati up higher. Or they would have said, look, Florida doesn't belong in the top 10 because they lost to a terrible LSU fan, LSU team. I think they go, ooh, Florida lost to LSU, close game. LSU, you know, they won the national title last year. So, you know, that's actually not a bad loss. So but LSU got thumped by Alabama and A&M. LSU I mean, got thumped by everybody. Almost. They got thumped by everybody. Who the hell haven't they lost to except for Florida? So that's my point of this. It's like, what? And Cincinnati Bear, Bearcats fans have got to be sitting there going, are you serious right now? Florida's ranked overs. Georgia's ranked overs. Both of those teams have been have have lost any big game that they've played this year except for the ones that they played against each other, right? Their resume is terrible. Florida's resume is terrible this year. If you look at the games they've won, they didn't really beat anybody. That's why I've, I've said all year that I, th- I believe that they were a house of cards and that they're going to get knocked over when they played Alabama. But, of course, that got lost in the shuffle because of the, of the loss last weekend. The only way Alabama doesn't win is if they bench their entire – first and second string because Florida cannot stop running water and Alabama from last time I checked likes to run the football a little bit. So there's no way that Florida belongs up in the number seven. Even if they beat Alabama, it doesn't matter. It could be a game where Alabama just took it off mentally, right? You can't, you can't have two losses and essentially no resume because you're only two games the two games you lost are, are essentially two of the better teams you played. And LSU's not even a good team. So Florida played Georgia, which is a fraud, and A&M, right? And that's it. That's a, that's all they've played. If you look at the rest of their schedule, there was no out-of-conference schedule, so they didn't go out to Ohio State or anything like that. Like, you can't compare that. You can't put Florida there. You can't put Georgia there. Same thing. Um, hell, Tennessee's got a better resume than Florida or Georgia. Well, they might have lost games. They might have lost games, but at least they played some teams. That sounds like some craziness, I would say. I'm just saying that, that, that would shock me there. I'm saying if Florida played Tennessee's schedule, I would have less of a gripe. But two, I'm sorry, two losses, you can't put them in the playoffs. Not when there's like oh, our record would be better if we played Florida's schedule, that's for sure. I mean, let them have that <laughs> annual loss with Alabama. They'd have three losses. You played Alabama, A&M, well, they're about to. Georgia, Auburn, I think I'm forgetting a big boy. Arkansas. Arkansas is decent. <laughs> I mean, Arkansas is okay. Missouri, Vanderbilt, Kentucky. I mean, you know, the, the entire rest of the East. That's right. above us right now. But, I, you know, and I, and I, and obviously the SEC was very top-heavy this year. We get that it's, it's, it's not top-to-bottom tough like it has been in years past, but it's a weird year. But – the point is, I don't know. I'm just, I'm done with it. I've enjoyed the all conference schedule. I would just like to see if this ever happens again or becomes something. Just do away with the divisions. I want to see it rotate up. I'm ready to see some uh, unique matchups that I don't have to wait 15 years to see roll back around. My number three, <laughs> um, or I'm sorry, the the top three are obvious. Clemson. Notre Dame, Bama, however order you want to put them in. If Clemson wins this this week, you put them in the plus. If they don't, I don't think they belong in. 
So you can't lose the same team twice and say, yeah, that was the only team that beat us. Well, that's the only team you played, you jerk. Well, but anyway, uh, that's how Florida will get in. Uh, <laughs> we didn't lose to a team twice. Uh, so <laughs> we lost three games equally, individually. George is raising their hand. Me too, me too. Uh, <laughs> and then my number four team at this point, I'm sorry, I've got to put Cincinnati there. They, they, they deserve a chance, a, a seat at the table. They're not going to get there, but 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 that's who deserves to be there. I've got A and M at five. I, you know, if Ohio State beats Northwestern, I get it. They just haven't played a schedule, so I. It's really 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 tough for me to put them in, but I guess they would be my number six. But I we all know if Ohio State wins, they're going to let them in. If Clemson wins, they'll be in. And then we'll get floor. Alabama's getting in regardless. And I believe I don't see what would keep Notre Dame out. Um, Justin, I know you got to take a uh, you you got to dip off for a second, don't you? Yes, sir. Okay, I'll be right back. All right. So, uh, Sean, um, while Justin's doing his thing, let's uh, sh- shift gears real quick, and then we're going to come back to the Wheel of Fortune. Uh, as soon as he comes back, because I can't wait to get this baby boy going. Uh, any news on what's going on in the NHL? I haven't heard a damn thing. No, it's still um, it's still the the world's most high stakes game of chicken. Uh, the NHL, you know, released a division realignment plan, which which everybody has seen now because it's been on the internet for a couple of weeks, um, and a guidance that the season's going to start on January the thirteenth but they haven't released the schedule yet. And I don't know if I'm the only one who knows how to read a calendar, but January 13th is like three weeks away. (laughs) So It's um, not likely that they play, right? I mean, right now the NHLPA hasn't agreed to any, to any financial um, adjustment to the CBA, which is required because you're going to have a situation similar to what the NBA has right now, where the players association has to agree how many games are the not, NHL uh, shooting for? Fifty-six is what I've been told. Is see, everything that I've heard? They have. See, the NBA ended up folding and gave the players what they wanted, which was I think a seventy-two game schedule or seventy game whatever. Seventy-two game season. Yeah, yep. fifty-six. You are essentially talking about taking about a third of their money, and that's 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 going to be an issue. Um, well, what what's being proposed is that they let them not even defer some of the salaries, but put some money in, basically put some money in escrow. I mean, the, the owners of the NHL franchises, aside from a couple, there are, there are a few franchises that have like real financial problems. Looking at you, Arizona Coyotes. Um, a lot of them are, are just unbelievably wealthy. Like, I mean, Chris Illich, who owns the Red Wings and the Tigers, inherited them from Mike Illich's father, Chris Illich's great great grandchildren never have to worry about money a day in their life. He has he has cash on hand. But what they're wanting to do is take some somewhere between thirty five and forty percent of the salaries this year and put it in escrow, basically, to almost kind of defer it until they have some ticket revenue, right? Which which could be this season. We don't know. It's unlikely. And and if we get it at all, it's not gonna be immediately. You'll, it's gonna be closer into the spring. So You'll get fans in the uh, U.S. markets. You won't get any in Canada. Yeah, yeah no, Because exactly. Canada is a socialistic you know, deal, 
and they're going to be buried there. They're all going to be hiding in a bunker until freaking, I don't know, 2023. But uh, so I, the only way you could do that in with the Canadian teams is like we've talked about before is find a bubble form and then maybe charge tickets there. I, I guess you would split it up evenly. I don't know how you would do that. Um, but yeah, I don't, I don't know how they'll work everything. Like out. for instance, I, I for instance, the Tampa Bay lightning are going to be allowed to have fans in the stands. Yep. Right. So are the Carolina hurricanes. So are the Nashville predators probably on a limited I basis. I don't know about Carolina cause they're pretty, uh, North Carolina's, uh, has had some draconian lockdown, so I don't know. I'm not even sure if they're going to allow fans in the uh, outside of fi- uh, friends and family. I don't know if they're going to allow fans at the uh, ACC championship game this week. Hmm. There been there were fans at the Panthers Broncos game this last. I mean, it wasn't a lot of them, but were yeah, there? there? Okay, there were some people well, there. Okay, yeah. well then maybe they've lightened the restrictions. Of course, that's about the time that the rest of the country is starting to freaking you know all, all the northeastern states are starting to put the lockdown. So. That'll be interesting. Um, I don't know. I have not seen fans in stands when North Carolina's played football or NC State, so I don't know. Um, but maybe they – you would think if they were going to do it, and maybe that's why they could get them in to the, Bron- uh, to the Broncos game this weekend, is because they're like, dude, we got the ACC championship coming. Let's just open up that freaking valve. <laughs> just let them yeah. all flood in. But, yeah, that's – so you're saying January 13th, but – Okay, in a best case scenario, don't th- wouldn't they have to be in in uh, camp by three weeks before, right? Well, yeah, roughly. So teams that did not participate in the in the playoff bubble in any way, shape, or form, like for example, my Detroit Red Wings, um, have been told that their players need to report by December the twenty eighth. Everybody else has been told that their players need to report by January the third. Keep in mind, uh, aside from the marquee players. A lot of the younger players, especially, and and the middle of the row players, usually play in either Swedish leagues or you know some other leagues that go on outside of the NHL season. Like a lot of the Red Wings young prospects have been playing in the Swedish Hockey League in the SHL for the last two months. So some of them are going to have recent ice time. Some of them are not. You know, Sidney Crosby isn't. <laughs> Sidney Crosby and Connor McDavid and Nathan McKinnon, you know, haven't been. They haven't been playing, uh, you know, rec league uh, hockey games, so they've been sitting at home. So, and you know, I would they're say that there's got to be in. there's got to be something in the NHL CBA that says we have to have X amount of practice before we just roll out on the ice be- to prevent injuries, right? So, yeah. um, Justin, real quick before we switch gears, uh, what's your take on this whole thing? Are you hearing anything in Nashville? about the NHL coming back by by January 13th, or do you think it's highly un- unlikely? Uh, just up in the air at this point. I, I think it'll be mid to later January, um, the earliest. But I guess they're just trying to figure out what they're going to do logistically, everybody speaking. I've seen various different – I mean, there's too many to even mention uh, – scenarios or different divisions uh the the best one i saw recently had the lightning and the predators paying in the same division so i thought for Mm -hmm. show wise that could be that could be very cool that's obviously one of the the mix-ups that i like the best uh makes it it, actually the red wings back in it Mm -hmm. um which was an old school that that needs to go back anyway but uh, i miss that rivalry. yes it does um but yeah uh 
And you gotta I don't know the date. I'm not hearing. Um, tickets aren't being sold yet, so I can tell by the temperature of the reps that uh, they don't have it in anything close to locked in or that they feel comfortable with because they're not asking for money yet. So I'll let you know when the season starts. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> they, they'll, they'll, send me, they'll send me a heads up. When I, when I get the, we need, we need some money, Mr. Waller, I'll be like, hey, boys, it's about to happen. And that's Cracker Jack reporting by Justin Waller. <laughs> well, that, that's all you're going to get from the know, NHL on this right now. As soon as, as soon as my tickets get mailed to us, I will let you know. <laughs> well, they're digital. I don't have to wait on the snail, man. Oh, okay. Uh, all right. So it's time to play. Armchair. All right, Wheel of Fortune. We haven't played this in a while. And Justin's favorite sound. It's a lot better on this platform. It doesn't sound like you stuck Forbes's arm in a blender. <laughs> That's what it sounded like the first time we heard it. Well, plus the first time he heard it, he couldn't see me. So he, so he was on Skype and all. And he was asking me if I was popping popcorn or what the hell I was doing back then. Back then. So here we go. Uh, it's always difficult for me to pull off because the microphone is far away from But, uh, okay, well, this is a decent one. Let's see what the question mark is. All right. We've got the. Jacksonville Jaguars and Carolina Panthers, which, ironically, they came to the league at the same time. Um, the question I will pose to you is, which team makes it to the NFL championship game? So whether it's the A NFC championship game or AFC championship game, which of those two franchises makes it there first? Justin, I'll start with you. Hmm. Well, I'm just going to go ahead and be biased and go with the side girl and say the Panthers. But if Jacksonville Jaguars hire Urban Meyer, and those rumors are true, what if? Hmm. <laughs> are we going there now, Urban Meyer? <laughs> hey, you're seeing all sorts of crazy things flipped around since uh, he's not going to Texas now. Now, now you're seeing uh, the, the Jaguar name flopped around out there. But uh, I'm going to go Panthers. I think they'll get there first. Sean, what say you? Yeah, it's the Panthers. The Jaguars are – I like Sean Khan, actually, um, in, in the, the research I've done on him in the past and heard him talk. I actually think he's a very good owner, um, but I, I just think he hires the wrong people. I think he's listening to too many people. He's listening to too many people when it comes to football decisions because they, they haven't made a good hire anytime recently. And they're, they, they don't make a good hire right because he's a terrible owner. He doesn't know what the hell he's doing. He needs, he needs to sell the team and stick to, well, he's not even that great of a soccer owner, to be honest with you. He, he, he can build a shipyard, but, but, that's, but that's where it ends. He has made bad hire after bad hire after bad hire, and then when he makes the bad hire, which ties in well to the hat you're wearing right now because Maroon came from Buffalo, when he makes a bad hire, he doesn't even – have the ability to admit that he's made a bad hire and move on from it. So I definitely think it's the Carolina Panthers. I hope I'm wrong. I hope that the Jaguars get a very good coach in next. Not Urban Meyer, because, I mean, come on. 
What the hell? That'd is be pointless. You want to talk about some He's medical issues? Guy. I mean, the NFL will definitely give them to you. Urban Meyer is going to try to run that RPO with Gardner Minshew. It's going to be a disaster. Or he'll go out and well, we, we got to have Justin Fields, and then we're going to find out how big of frauds both of them are for in week two. By week two, we'll be like, oh, we've stepped into this one. We gave Urban Meyer four, fourteen million dollars a year guaranteed for the next seven years, and uh, we didn't do much better on this uh, Justin Fields contract. <laughs> it's going to be worse than the the days of Blake Bortle. You know, we got a Super Bowl champion team, but that quarterback's got to go. So, um, okay, the next one is we've got, well, I guess I've, these things are, the, the helmets are too small. We got the Cleveland Browns and the Miami Dolphins. The Cleveland Browns and the Miami Dolphins. My question to y'all is over the next five years, doesn't have to be today, doesn't have to be for the next decade, but over the next five years, would you rather have Baker Mayfield or Tua Tunga Viola? Sean, I'll start with you. I'd rather have Tua. Um, that might not be the the popular opinion. Um, I just think Baker's Baker's assessments coming into the draft have all been correct. He's someone who uh, can can keep the ship steady, um, but he's not he's not a guy who's going to elevate the level of the players around him. He's going to be as good as the talent that's around him, and that's been proven true. He's got good receivers, got a great running game. Um, I, they're a playoff team, um, and I don't think he's a bad quarterback. I just think Tua presents more um, at the position and is a little more dynamic, and, and I just like his future outlook a lot better. Justin, what say you? Well, Baker, because I'm not taking an Alabama quarterback. <clears throat> Fair enough. I, I, I like the way Blake, Baker plays. Uh, I mean, and what I see in Tua right now is all I can go out off of. And, I mean, he's just got a long way to go to get to where where Baker is already. Um, I, he still looks like a college quarterback out there right now. So, for what that's worth, I know it's not really a fair assessment. We haven't seen a ton of him, but uh, – if I'm going to go right now in five years, I'm going to say Baker's probably in a better place uh, at the end of that time than two is. I like Baker, but the one thing that I think could handicap this is I really like Miami's coach. What he's building there, he's doing a good job. and It feels like, it feels like a level-headed build. It doesn't feel like he's trying to get to the sun in two and a half minutes, right? So he's he's I feel like what he's going to build is sustainable, and you would think – that that would also carry into the quarterback play. Tua's looked bad. He hasn't looked like a – he hasn't even really looked like a, a, a rookie quarterback yet. To me, he still looks like a junior in college. He, it just it, The whole thing seems to overwhelm him when he gets pressure on him and whatnot. He seems to, to cower and just get ready for the sack or uh, just make some bad decisions. But – an off season will will help him immensely. We saw a lot of that same stuff out of Baker Mayfield till realistically just this year. Bro. I think Baker Mayfield's made one of the biggest. I don't know what the award would be. By the way, we're going to be giving out awards not next week but the week after. I'm going to come up with some different ones. I see. Did anyone see that LeBron James was the Sportsman of the Year for Sports Illustrated? Of all the people you could put on there, Sports Illustrated with LeBron James. Are you serious? Anyways, uh, that's another topic for another day. Uh, the next one up, 
got a baseball question here. And just as luck would have it, we got the Detroit uh, Detroit Tigers and the Milwaukee Brewers. The Detroit, oh, Lord. the Detroit Tigers and the Milwaukee Brewers. Over the next three seasons, Sean, state your case why it would be better to be a mill better to be a Tiger fan than a Brewer fan. Um, actually, that's not as hard as I thought the question would be. Um, Tigers have young pitching. I'm, um, I'm being nice today. <laughs> Tigers have young pitching and more on the way, um, including some that we didn't even see pitch last year. Some we did. Uh, we saw Tariq Skubal and Casey Mize last year. Still haven't seen Matt Manning, Alex Fiedo. Um, Riley Green is is an amazing outfield piece. Played a little bit in the in the truncated spring training. Um, I like what the Tigers are building now. Whether they'll whether this is the year that they'll actually spend on some veteran free agents to fill out the rest of the roster, I, I don't think the answer to that question is yes. I think it's going to be next year. I think the eyes are on twenty twenty two, not twenty twenty one. The Brewers are kind of in a really weird spot because they've got a, a once a generation franchise star in Christian Yelich. And and kind of not a whole lot else. I mean, you've got Lorenzo Cain playing center field, who won a World Series with the Royals. They've got one super marquee pitcher in Brandon Woodruff, and and not a whole lot else behind that. They're in a really weird place because the fans love that team. I mean, when you know when we can all pack stadiums again, they'll they'll be packed because they're they're packed all the time. Their fans love that love that team and love that franchise. I just don't know what else they have besides Yelich, and their their farm system is is not well thought of right now. They're they're in the mid twenties, I believe. Justin, what say you on the next three years? Tell me why it'd be better to be a Brewers fan. Uh, because they're now the uh, new affiliate of the Nashville Sounds that was signed this week, so uh, they will have me heckling them and uh, teaching them, and you know, really molding these young men to go up and play professional baseball <laughs> in uh, Milwaukee. And they're the Brew Crew. I mean, how can you go wrong with that? I and then I must I remind you that Detroit is Detroit. Um, yeah, show me something. Uh, I, I think Sean alluded to it. The, the Milwaukee is in a unique position, and they've got a lot of questions to answer. I like the pieces that Detroit has and they've added, especially through their draft class. Um, I just, man, three years is about when I see it peaking. I think Milwaukee's at a better place right now to carry it on and kind of fix. They might have a hiccup this upcoming season, but they, they've got a chance. So I'm in that sort of a window. I'm going to go Milwaukee. By the way, Tony chimed in and said the, uh, the, the, uh, urban Meyer idea is asinine. <laughs> so, yeah. I laughed at it when I read it yesterday. I just kept scrolling. I was like, well, this is, you're not even getting me to click on this. Uh, I've, I've never I, thought, I thought, I thought Tony would love that. My perspective is tigers will be fun to watch because they got a lot of young kids coming up and you just can't be expecting to go to the playoffs. Who knows? You, by the end of year three, you might sneak in the playoffs. So you, you got a lot of talent there. You definitely have a have a, uh, a a manager there that will do anything to get to the playoffs. I can tell you that right now. <laughs> <laughs> on a there related, it is. On a related note, there's some brand new trash cans that have just shown up in the Detroit area. Uh, and then with Milwaukee, the reason why you look Milwaukee, they find they are Moneyball. Right, I, I I referenced that that movie. They sure. are literally money ball. They're the National League version of the Tampa Bay Rays, and you just never know when they might put it all together. They change their they change their roster every year by about half. It, that has been the average. Um, the final question, I won't have time for the last one, but the final question we'll throw at you: 
Got the Dodgers here. The best chance to stop the Dodgers from winning it all. Sean, start with you. I still think it's the Atlanta Braves who had a beat last year. And I think they'll be, and I think the Braves will be better. And I'm not year. saying I mean, National League. Have, I'm talking about all, all yeah, Major League. No, I, okay. Yeah, I got it. I I think it's the Atlanta Braves. I mean, they had them beat, and they had them beat without their Anybody. arguably their best, arguably their best pitcher, right? At, at least you know it's in Soroka. Yes. Um, and and their hitters all went ice cold at at the absolute worst time. So I mean, the Dodgers caught. Dodgers caught lightning in a bottle. They're the World Series champions. Congrats to them. I still think the Atlanta Braves are built to last. J uh, Justin, what say you? And I was really searching for an American League team in my head, and then Sean hit me with that little nugget. And I'm like, heck yeah, the Braves are going to win it all, baby. We're going out Soroka, Charlie Morton. <laughs> I mean, you brought I mean, Soroka, Morton, and Freed, I don't want to face that ever, much less in the playoffs. Give me a break. <laughs> my only concern with Atlanta right now, well, two concerns. They haven't put together their bullpen yet. Hopefully they do. I'm sure I'm sure Anthopolis is working on that, so I'm not annoyed out about that. But then the other thing is who's gonna stand behind Freddie Freeman, right? We don't it's it's looking more and more like it probably won't be Ozuna because they've been told that don't plan on there being a designated hitter in twenty twenty one. So if that's the case, what are we talking about? He's headed back to the AL. Right, he's 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 probably going to go to the AL for the first time in his career where he realistically belongs. Uh, he's you know he's he he was he's never been a great fielder, but as he's as he's gotten older, it's getting worse and worse. Atlanta might say, "Hey, we'll deal deal with your terrible fielding for one year, and then we we assume that there's going to be a DH." But uh, that's not the way Anthopolis usually works. He'll probably try to go out and find a one year guy to try to do this magic again. I just. I caution against that because you do this over and over again. You're, you're going to find a dud one year, right? You're going to find a dud. Goes, <laughs> Why did we give Jock Peterson $18 million to go up there and hit 215? <laughs> I don't know if that worked out. Oh, he's great in the playoffs. <laughs> okay. Problem is we didn't make it. Justin, what's your walk-off for the day, sir? Oh, it's going to go to my Tennessee Volunteers. Uh, yesterday was a somersome day as uh, Vanderveer passes Pat Summit in the all-time wins. Uh, also on a day that we saw one of the most dominant performances I've seen. Granted, it was against Appalachian State, but uh, 13 points in the first half. Tennessee defense is uh, waking up, getting its legs, and uh, looking forward to this basketball season. Hopefully, it's better than football. Yeah, Florida State got a big win, conference win, beat Georgia Tech. Georgia Tech has been Jekyll and Hyde all year. They beat Kentucky by 17, but then but, but then they've lost a couple of games to uh, basically high school teams, so you don't know what team's going to show up. Georgia Tech went on a run, outscored Florida State 15 to nothing. They made it kind of hairier about, about midway through the second half, and then, and then FSU just stepped on their neck. But uh, I'll tell you what, every game, Scotty Barnes, just remember that name. If you want a fun, fun watch in college basketball, this guy's Scotty Barnes. He's unreal. All right, Justin, we'll see you manana. And uh, Sean and I will be back after the break. We'll be back in a flash here on the Armchair Quarterbacks. Keep it locked in here to CBS Sports Radio. CBS Sports Radio. You're listening to the Armchair Quarterbacks on CBS Sports Radio, number one sports station. Good morning. And this is your Armchair Quarterbacks Sports Flash. The back-to-back -back most valuable player in the NBA, 
Giannis Antetokounmpo, the Greek freak, has committed to the Milwaukee Bucks long term. The freak signs a full five-year extension worth $228 million. It's the Supermax for the NBA. His five-year deal includes an opt-out after the fourth year. Antetokounmpo released a statement on Twitter saying, This is my home. This is my city. I'm blessed to be able to be a part of the Milwaukee Bucks for the next five years. Let's make these years count. The show goes on. Let's get it. Antetokounmpo is coming off a career year in which he becomes just the third player in league history to win the MVP and Defensive Player of the Year in the same season, joining Michael Jordan and Hakeem Olajuwon. This ends the speculation of Giannis heading to Los Angeles. A desperation multilateral play by the Browns as time expired resulted in a safety for the Ravens that covered the spread and swung millions of dollars in bets at sportsbooks around the nation. The Ravens closed at a consensus three-point road favorite over the Browns. Baltimore's Justin Tucker hit a 55-yarder that gave the Ravens a 45-42 lead Monday night with two seconds left. After a touchback on the ensuing kickoff, Cleveland had time for one play. It resulted in a safety. The ball ended up in the hands of Jarvis Landry Lass, who was pushed out of bounds in the end zone for the safety, giving the Ravens a 47-42 win. Bookmaker William Hill reported in the U.S. losing $126,000 on that play. The sports book at points bet was lopsided on the Browns, with 78% of the point spread action going to Cleveland. FanDuel reported a huge loss as well. A comment from FanDuel's Ed Sheeran said, quote, It was a very popular game overall, and the in-play boosted up the total handle. It was definitely our highest bet game of the weekend by quite some way, with Cleveland leading the charge. An estimated 3 to $5 million was lost on that play alone. And that's your Armchair Quarterback's Wake Up Show, CBS Sports Flash. Stay tuned for more of the Armchair Quarterbacks on these CBS affiliates, our Facebook Live, and the Armchair Quarterbacks app. Tap that app today. I took this book out in 1971. Yes, and I returned it in 1971. Yeah, 71. That was my first year on the job. Bad year for libraries. Bad year for America. Hippies burning library cards. Abby Hoffman telling everybody to steal books. I don't judge a man by the length of his hair, the kind of music he listens to. Rock was never my bag. But you put on a pair of shoes when you walk into the New York Public Library, fella. That cool, refreshing feeling of Wrigley's Spearmint Gum Puts a sparkle in your eye A spring in your step It makes things lots of fun It's that little look From Wrigley's Spearmint Gum It's that little look Come on and get you some That clean, fresh taste Wrigley's Spearmint's got That little look that means a lot Let's face it, where you're betting is just as important as who you're betting on. That's why I go to mybookie.ag. It's fast, it's easy, and they pay you when you win. Look, I wouldn't be telling you to bet mybookie.ag if they weren't the best. Do the smart thing. If you're going to bet this football season, bet with mybookie.ag. Promo code SKIN, that's S-K-I-N. When you use that promo code, mybookie will match 100% of your deposit up to $1,000. That's mybookie.ag, promo code SKIN. (laughs) 
sixth round. TJ comes from a zone. Yes. Lock it up. Who? What? Uh, TJ, how's the villa? Uh, alright. TJ, T, TJ, who's your mama? You mean TJ Hushmanzada from the Bengals. Put him on the board. House Mazzoli. Got it. Championship. Make sure to join the Armchair Quarterbacks right here. We'll answer all your questions, pickups, trades, you name it. You want to win your league? Then listen to the Armchair Quarterbacks. And don't be scared to tap that app. Find the Armchair Quarterbacks app today. Fantasy football time. It's fantasy football time. Good morning. Armchair. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning, y'all. Get your morning started off right. Weekdays with the armchair quarterbacks. Riding shotgun with you wherever you're heading. Good morning. Good morning. Hello and how are you? Sometimes we're funny, sometimes we suck. You don't have to be quiet. Listen to the echo. Hello! 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 <laughs> Mr. Bookman. I remember when the librarian was a much older woman. Kindly, discreet, unattractive. We didn't know anything about her private life. We didn't want to know anything about her private life. She didn't have a private life. You're thinking about that. Think about this. The library closes at five o'clock. No exceptions. This is your final warning. Got that? QB down. Welcome back. Sean, I'm gonna throw one more at you real quick. The wheel of fortune because I have him out here, so I might as well jump to it. You got the Vikings and you got the Patriots. Okay? Okay. My question to you is going forward, would you rather have Bill Belichick or do you have more confidence in? Dalvin Cook, Adam Thielen, Justin Jefferson, the talent that is on that Minnesota roster, or do you have more confidence in the fact that Bill Belichick will find his way back into the playoffs to win? Yeah, I would I would say I, I have more confidence in Belichick. Uh, Minnesota's got some some high some some really shiny pieces. Um, Jefferson, Thielen, Cook. I still don't think anything of their quarterback um, and their defense has some real questions, but uh, some of the things Bill Belichick has done this year, some of the schemes he's put together um, to confuse younger quarterbacks and to win games is, is just more proof that I I think he's the greatest defensive mind, certainly of my lifetime. Um, But you know, all time is a hard thing to say because the game changes so much. (laughs) Yeah. Better than Greg Williams. Definitely. Better than better than Matt Patricia, better than Brian Flores, better better than anyone I've ever seen. I mean, the, what he did to Justin Herbert two weeks ago was actually kind of cruel. I mean, he had him seeing things that weren't even there. Just just kind of watching, just reading some breakdowns and and you know using my subscription to the Athletic um, to to study some folks who really are good at studying tape 
Um, I mean, he was doing things to Justin Herbert that were just mean, you know, making him see blitzes that never came um, and so on and so forth. He's just an amazing defensive mind. He's got a couple Wolverines on that defense that, that I don't think had particularly good careers at Michigan. Um, and Chase Winovich and Josh Uche, and he's just turning them both loose in the NFL. I mean, they're just they're just going after the quarterback on every single down. Like, hey, see that guy with the ball? Yeah, go kill him. Um, I, I just think he's an incredible defensive mind. So I, I would take him over what Minnesota has going because they just, I mean, they haven't had they they've never had a quarterback like since. I mean, the last time they had a competent quarterback, I guess, was that Moss Carter Cunningham season that I can recall. Kirk Cousins is fine, but. I mean, I've watched a lot of Kirk Cousins in my life. He's not, you know, he's he's not going to be a Super Bowl winning quarterback. Well, I, I don't feel think, like Minnesota. You know. It's time for them to draft somebody to develop mm-hmm. while Cousins is still there. You don't have to take a full seat back. I don't think the Viking fan base is one that wants to see a full rebuild, right? Because you've got all these, no. pe- you know, you know, you've got all these pieces. And Minnesota, f- for my entire life lifetime of watching professional football which is roughly 40 years they've never been the bottom of the barrel they've always no. they've always been consistently in there so obviously i'm going to bank on that talent that they have around them mm-hmm. but they have got to do something quarterback wise probably in this draft and then build from there right if someone of well, you wouldn't even have to take a first rounder. You could you could take a took a flyer and maybe develop a Derek King, right? Someone who's going to be right. probably fourth round, third round. I feel like there's a lot of quarterbacks that are coming out now that are they're more developed than what they were a decade ago, just because of everything that has changed in college football. Main thing I think that changed, other than the technology, is more college football programs are playing more of a professional style of offense. So when they come into right. when they come into the National Football League, they're not shell-shocked. Some of it has to do with the fact that the NFL has adapted more towards the college game. They've kind of met, they've kind of met each other in the middle, so to speak. Yep. But there are some interesting quarterbacks that are going to be out there that you don't necessarily have to take the number you know your first round draft pick you continue you continue to build your team through the line and whatnot and uh i don't know why Derek king keeps popping in my mind but he he's an interesting study when we start talking the draft which isn't it's not as far as way you think it is people everything's going to come out as fast here in 2021 because you're going to whenever the nhl does come back it's going to be coming back in the middle of the nba going already march madness mm-hmm. Uh, you're going to have the NFL combine essentially starts two minutes after the Super Bowl ends. Uh, <laughs> it's just, it, it's going to be madness this spring. The college football signing day. Uh, <clears throat> trying to get a, a barometer on what's going on so far. You know, I'm really, I'm really disappointed in the national media, television media. They used to do the 37 ESPNs. They used to have a a a station, normally ESPNU, dedicated to college football signing day 
mm-hmm. from the jump, it would start like at 6 a.m. They, they don't have anything. They, they didn't do it last year either. They don't have anything going. I guess they figured there's no interest in it, but I don't know what would hurt them to put a couple of people in a studio and go, let's keep you up to date. But what, but what have you come across? Yeah, I think they've moved everything to .com for whatever reason. I don't know why that is. I mean, I don't, I don't know how many more, you know, talking heads type shows ESPN can put on. They, they already have about 467 too many, but be that as it may. Couple of, a couple of Big Ten things that really jumped out at me. Um, ESPN's number one rated prospect in the whole country is uh, defensive end Jack Sawyer, who, <laughs> much to my chagrin, officially uh, signed with uh, Ohio State. Um, and that was, that was like six 30 this morning that popped up on my Twitter feed. I was like, Oh, great. Cause that's a school that has all kinds of trouble finding top flight defensive end talent to terrorize quarterbacks. So, uh, it's nice to know that they can grab a six foot six, 260 pound behemoth, um, who seems to run like Dalvin cook, um, and really loves to hit quarterbacks. That's a great idea. And, and right in that vein, um, and this, this is, you know, opens up a lot of questions for me as a University of Michigan fan. Um, the number two rated quarterback this year is J.J. McCarthy. Um, he's one of the IMG Academy quarterbacks, five-star guy, great arm, good legs, great size, has signed with Michigan, um, number 22 overall and number two rated quarterback this year. I, I don't know what that says about – I mean, I definitely think Harbaugh's coming back next year. The, the temperature on that has changed so much. In the last three weeks, I, I think four weeks ago, I would have told you there's no chance he comes back. I think his people, and I, I don't have any inside reporting on this, <clears throat> I think his people put out some feelers for whether there were any NFL teams interested and their calls went unanswered. <laughs> so I, I think he's coming back for the final year of his contract and may even sign an extension. I, I don't know. It seems like the university and him both have an incentive to try and see this thing come to a better conclusion. But him, get, him grabbing a quarterback as the highlight, as the crown jewel of the class is a little bit interesting to me um, because obviously Eric Milton looked great in the first game of the season and then people got some tape on him and were like, well, this guy can only do one thing. And if you don't let him do that one thing, he can't do anything else. He had to yank him um, for uh, Cade McNamara the last time I saw Michigan play, which seems like it was eight months ago, but it was like three weeks ago. Um, pulled him for Cade McNamara, who was a freshman recruit the last year of Shea Patterson. So he was a freshman recruit two years ago. Did I see this um, morning? I, I don't mean to cut you off, but did I see this morning that the Michigan game this weekend has been canceled as well? Yep. Yeah. Sure has. Uh, what I'm really they can't, they can't feel the they can't feel the team. They've got like what I'm really got like disappointed 40 scholarship in, players that you know, don't have COVID right now. What I'm really disappointed in is that the Indiana Purdue game was. Uh, canceled was yeah. canceled i i was actually looking forward to that i i know it's championship saturday that's what everyone's gonna be dialed in but i'm excited for all the minor games too i hope florida state wake force happens i know there's some people saying what's the point you just move on because because you get a couple of extra days of practice in. you're probably not going to be getting i don't know how they'll work it out during the off season but uh whatever practice you can get in this week preparing for wake forest use it speaking of florida state and speaking of milton we haven't talked about this on air. Been kind of waiting for today to talk about this. But Florida State got big, big news over the weekend. People who do not remember this gentleman, Mackenzie Milton of formerly Central Florida. A couple of years ago, people will probably remember he famously was was injured at the end of the season 
And so he missed all of this season as well because of devastating injury that he had, right? Mm-hmm. He has transferred to Florida State. He made it official uh, Saturday, I believe. So Mackenzie Milton now goes into to the he's go, he, he's 23. He'll be 23 beginning of next year. Uh, he goes in as the assumed starter now, and now Florida State has what you would consider as a legit number one quarterback so that they can build around him and go from there. If you're wanting to know what, what you're getting Florida State fans before the injury, he had a rating of of a 161 in his final year at 2018. He did not hurt, he did not play in 2019 because of the injury and then he opted out for this year. He decided not to play because of COVID and and uh he, he was still battling his injury. It was a really bad leg injury. Prior to that though, the year before when he played a full year, he had 4000 yards. 37 touchdowns and a 179 rating. So that, that would have been a sophomore year, but it was way back in 2017. He's hoping to come out, play a year at Florida State, and hopefully be able to um, get into the National Football League. Some, you know, he, he, He's going to be an older prospect. That's why when people talk about Derek King coming back for another year, I'm like, he's going to be 24. Yeah. Damn near twenty five by the time he gets drafted. If he comes back another year, if Derek King is serious about going going to play in the NFL, which he says he is, he says that's his lifelong dream. He's not coming back to Miami. I don't care what he tells no people. There's no way you can't. Nope. You can't It'd be stupid. Now, if you're now, if you think that you don't really have much of a chance of playing in the National Football League, or that's not your dream, and your dream is possibly to to win a national championship or something, okay, then I could see you coming back. But you're not at 25 years old. You're, I don't you're, say it. You're up there in the Chris Winkie area. I'm just telling you. You're up there in the. That's that's the one position in the National Football. Not that a lot of positions wouldn't be this way, but quarterback is definitely the one position in the National Football League where once you're at that age, like teams are just less likely to take a to take a draft because spot we've on only you. seen it twice, right, in our lifetime of major name. Chris Winkie, and then what was his name? Whedon at a at a Brandon Whedon. Brandon Whedon from Oklahoma State. Oklahoma State went to Cleveland. Went to Cleveland, and then ended up with the Cowboys, and probably is in a dish room somewhere today. But he he, uh, <laughs> he neither one of them worked. So that's why when they talk about drafting Zach out of out of BYU, I'm a little surprised because. By the time that he hits, he's got to be 23, 24 years old because they have to do their two-year stint as as yeah. more, you know with their Mormon uh, faith. So I, I'm a little surprised that we're even talking about a quarterback being drafted high from BYU. It's been a long, long time. <laughs> BYU used to be quarterback university. That's been a long time. Be interesting to see what happens with him and where he goes. Florida State, by I'm- the way. We're going to go ahead and uh, get some updates on them really quickly. Uh, see, they have not updated. This is a terrible job by by this site, but that's okay. Uh, I will find the actual. Um, they had some. Uh, I'll go back to that one. That's 
I thought I thought I found something that was an up to date one, and this is talking about verbal commits. I mean, get the hell out of here with the verbal commit. Uh, just broke in a few minutes ago. Wide receiver Joshua Burrell is coming to Florida State. He's signed. He's six foot three, two hundred and twelve pounds, rated number four player in the state of South Carolina. So there you go with that. A couple other players that have came in here recently for Florida State is uh, they are really big on uh, Byron Turner, defensive end from New Orleans. He is ranked number 12 in the state of Louisiana, so you like that. Number 20 uh, nationally at defensive end, so you like that. And um, see, I hate when they put a tweet out and they say, this guy's in the house, but it's it's his Twitter handle. So you don't, Hunter Washington, Hunter Washington is in the house. He is signed for Florida State, and uh, he's coming out of uh, the state of Texas. That was one that a lot of people were keeping an eye on. And then who do we have here? We got the co- the cornerback, the defensive back. Okay, he did sign there. They're wondering about here four star recruit. Rated number twenty six player in Texas, number eighteen nationally. This is a big deal. This is a big get for Florida State. Hunter Washington, defensive back I saw that one. from Katy, Texas. Uh, and linebacker Jordan Eubanks also joins the Seminoles. He is from Denton, Texas. So that does not surprise me that Norvell has a Texas pipeline. Remember, he grew up there right. as a kid. He, he grew up in Texas as a kid. I want to say he grew up in Dallas. But he, when he was hired, he told some long story about how he grew up in Texas and always, for whatever reason, was a Florida State fan. And the story never really made sense. I th- think he was just on the bandwagon. Um, <laughs> on the, this uh, this morning earlier, uh, Shaheen Brown, defensive back out of Lake City, Florida, he is heading to Florida State. Patrick Payton, a linebacker from Miami, Florida, that's a big kid, six foot. Five two hundred five pound linebacker. He's eighteen. You know, you know he's got to go an extra couple of inches. I'd say he ends up as a defensive end eventually. Number twenty five uh, outside linebacker nationally. Um, Kevin Knowles is another defensive back, a safety out of Hollywood, Florida. He's heading to Florida State, and this is the one that they were tweeting all about. And they're excited about Kobe Gross from Pleasantville, California. He's one of the top tight ends in California. Six foot three, two hundred and thirty-five pounds. Supposed to be a pass catcher. So there you have that. Do you any other news before we move on to uh, other other things? Nothing. Nothing super incredible. There's some. There's some guys who are still pending. Um, the the one that I was looking at was there was a uh, a defensive back. Um, that was committed to Minnesota, but I guess he's not signing with the rest of his teammates. He's wanting to do his own separate day. Uh, Notre Dame, who I, I pay a lot of attention to. I, I don't talk about it a lot, but I am Irish, <laughs> as, as anyone who's seen my driver's license would know. Um, Notre Dame's really become a, a place for tight ends. I mean, I guess they've always been that, but really in the last couple of years, um, Kane Brong um, has been committed there since June of 2019. Um, but Still, till they put pen to paper, you know, it, it's never real completely. That was one that I had my eye on because they've really been grabbing uh, great tight ends lately. You had already mentioned 
um, Patrick Payton. He was one that I saw this morning. It'll be interesting to see what they do with him because that, at that size, you wouldn't think that he's going to stay as as a linebacker. He's got to be a DE um, probably pretty early on with Norvell just because of how big he is. Well, there's well, look, you know, here's the other thing. I think Norvell is going to make a change of defensive coordinator. I'd be surprised if he doesn't. If he doesn't, do, if he doesn't change the DC, he's at least going to change different uh, positions because the defense was so bad this year. My question would be yeah. if he changes the DC, could he be recruiting to give him some some uh, some some leeway to maybe run some some more three four and whatnot? So. That could that could be an issue there going forward. You don't see a whole a lot of three four in college football, but there have been some successful ones. Steele is one of the ones I think of over the years that have uh, done it. Um, man, I don't know what they're playing on Major League Baseball Network right now, but it's some replay, and it is one of the corny. I don't even have to hear it. it's one of the corniest things I've seen. Johnny Damon from about 20 years ago, fresh haircut, and he's like leaning on the grass talking, and he's with uh, I forget uh, Steve Steve Lyons is, is and he he's leaning on the grass talking with it, and they're I'm, I'm, Sean they're like three inches from each other's face. I mean I I was expecting some romantic music to break out there. <laughs> I don't know what the hell they were talking about, but it had it had to be funny. Any, anytime they put a clip, now what you want? <laughs> anytime they put a clip up there, it's usually they found something. And one of those guys is about to come on the show, and they're about to bust their balls about it. Um, okay, moving on from that. Uh, well, you know what? L- let's go ahead and take a quick break. When we come back, our NFL Power Five. We'll be back in a flash here on the Armchair Quarterbacks. Keep it locked, locked in here to CBS Sports Radio. You say your name right, right now, Denise. Say it right, Denise. Correctly, Denise. Right, Denise. Right. Denise. That's better. <sighs> Thank you. We live in a world now that welcomes and nurtures the screwball in all of us. Hey, it's a new decade, people. Time to get a little nutty. Treat yourself to Screwball Peanut Butter Whiskey, a smooth flavor that combines two of America's favorites, peanut butter and American whiskey. So no more social awkwardness. Time to embrace who you truly are. Get out there and make friends. And be sure it starts with Screwball Peanut Butter Whiskey. It's available nearly everywhere. Learn more at ScrewballWhiskey.com. Infinium Spirits. Please enjoy responsibly. Okay, uh, I've noticed that Antonio Brown has found yet another sucker to take him on. Um... God knows we've we've already done Pittsburgh's dirty laundry. Uh, I, I'm curious about one thing. Do you think that he'd be welcomed back as easily in the league if he were going back to Bill uh, uh, Belichick and the Patriots? Uh, in other words, do you think that he'd be welcome as welcome back if you were going to make New England a better team or if he's going back to Tom Brady? I'm sure. Are you looking for the perfect gift? For any sports fan or just looking to add some stuff to your own man cave, then head on in to MVP Collectibles at the St. Augustine Outlets Mall. They carry Seminoles, Gators, Bulldogs, Canes, Longhorns, Bama, Buckeyes, Wolverines, Vols, you name it. They have Patriots, Jaguars, Titans, Dolphins, Browns, Ravens, Steelers, Chiefs, whoever you're looking for. Yankees, Red Sox, Cardinals, Braves, whoever you like. The best selection you'll ever find for the sports fan that thinks they have it all. That's MVP Collectibles in the St. Augustine Outlets Mall. Suite 245, right across from the food court in the St. Augustine Outlets Mall. Open Monday through Saturday, 10 a.m. to 9 p.m., Sunday, 10 a.m. to 6. Get your man cave popping today at MVP Collectibles. 
We are the Armchair Quarterback Show, your first choice for sports talk live from the First Coast. In a little cabaret, in a South Texas border town. You get a whole lot of something with Farmer's Policy Perks. So much, I'm going to have to speed things up. You can get the Farmer's Signal app, and that could get you up to 15% off your auto policy. That's just for using the app and driving like the normal speed limit hearing full stop making lane change signaling human being you are. Get a whole lot of something with Farmer's Policy Perks. Start with a quote by calling 1-800-FARMERS. We are farmers. Bum, 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 bum. Now, A.A. Ron, where are you? Where is A.A. Ron right now? No A.A. Ron, huh? Well, you better be sick, dead, or mute, A.A. Ron. Here. Why didn't you answer me the first time I said it, huh? Huh? I'm just, you know, I'm just asking you. I said it like four times. So why didn't you say it the first time I said A.A. Ron? Because it's pronounced Aaron. Son of a Welcome back here to the Armchair Quarterbacks. Uh, quick breakdown. These, these are the rival ranks. These are not up to date, so I'll, I'll find a better ranking system here in a second. Uh, we'll switch over to the National Football League while I do that. Sean, our Power Five obviously changes. It's very fluid every week when you see what you see on the field and injuries and how teams have played. Where are you going on your top five? Go ahead and start and hit me with your number five team in the land. My number five team in the land is the Los Angeles Rams. Um, I know they have four losses, and they've certainly uh, cost me personally some money this year by throwing up a couple of stinkers here and there. Um, but I still think – I still believe in Sean McVay. Um, really believe in Brandon Graham, um, this uh, this defensive coordinator that replaced Wade Phillips. Um, I think they've got something going there. Um, obviously, you living in Jacksonville know what Jalen Ramsey is. We all know what Aaron Donald is and Leonard Floyd. I think the defense is built to last. Um, the the well, backfield was really Jalen Ramsey has back, a th- has a three pronged uh, connection to us because he's from Nashville. Yep, he played at Florida State and he started his career in yep. Jacksonville. Yep, three pronged assault. Um, the backfield's really interesting to me. I mean, you'll you'll remember in in more than one of our fantasy football drafts, I took Cam Akers and I thought he was going to be the feature back. Now it took 13 weeks for us to get here. <laughs> you know, it took a long time. Um, and a lot I, of people I lost interest and said, "I can't, yeah, I, I can't have this guy on I the took a, team forever." You know, I took a flyer on Malcolm Brown that never really panned out. Um, I, I had Daryl Henderson in a couple of leagues who seems as though he's fallen out of favor or he's injured. I can't tell. He never but should hey, have been Cam's, the starter to begin with, and I don't understand why he was. When Cam's in the game, Cam's electric. I mean, you know better than I do from watching him all the time, but I saw some Cam Akers at Florida State, and even on teams that were, you know, pretty depressed out there playing Willie Ball, um, he was, he, you know, shines. Think about I mean, he Cam jumps Akers. off the screen. Think about this, how big of a reach – CEH was for Kansas City now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he was a reach. Because when they drafted him that high, everyone was excited. Da 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 da. He's ended it to be what we thought he was. Pretty one dimensional player. So far. Yeah. But, but, I'm just saying, general, you by week fourteen, you are what you are. 
You are what your stats yeah. say you are. And he's a pretty one-dimensional player on a dynamic offense. Can you imagine if they would have waited another few picks or just made the or pulled the trigger there and grabbed a and it wouldn't necessarily had to be Cam Akers, but there were a few running backs available there that have had much better years than CEH. Yep. Much better. So number five, so you have the Rams. I, my number five is the Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, okay. They've disappointed me. But that loss to Buffalo, I said this the other day, people are, are forgetting. They have played three games in about 12, 10 or 11 days. And so that takes a toll, especially when the second game's on the road against a good team. So I'm not ready to throw in the towel for the Steelers, so I put the Steelers by number five. Who's your number four? My number four is the uh, New Orleans Saints. Um, that that result against Philadelphia was <laughs> was certainly the thing that my wallet uh, could have foreseen happening because the rest of that parlay card hit. Um, but, you know, I, I couldn't have foreseen them looking that challenged. Now, it seems like the league started to get enough tape on Taysom Hill now that they've realized, hey, if you can keep this guy in the pocket, keep him from scrambling and creating plays with his legs, the offense is pretty limited. Um, I'm confident they're going to get Drew Brees back, maybe not next week, maybe not this coming week, but the week after. And the offense just looks a lot different with Brees than it does with Taysom Hill, who, I'm sorry, is just not an NFL quarterback. He's not. He's, he's, he's a gadget. You know, he's a gadget quarterback, and Peyton's doing what he's doing. I don't know if it's out of spite. Or if, or for what reason he's not starting famous Jameis, um, but I think the offense would be a lot better if Jameis was in there. But they're still my number four because the defense is for real. Um, you saw the limitations of the offense without Breeze in there this week. You get down seventeen nothing. All of a sudden you can't run the ball and the play action stuff ain't working and nobody's falling for you know zone option reads and things like that. Taysom's got to you know make some plays with his arm and with his brain and he's just not capable of that. So. Um, we'll, we'll subtract this week from the total projections of the team. I still think they're the fourth best team in the league. My number four team is the Buffalo bills. Uh, they are playing, mm. they are playing really well. Uh, they, I think they play much better when we talk about getting to January, they're going to be very difficult to beat at home. Whether their style is going to travel as well remains to be seen, but I'm willing to put them in my top five. Buffalo, what concerns me about them is the lack of a running game, right? Their defense played much better on Sunday. There's no question that Josh Allen has taken that next step to elite status quarterback in the National Football League. Got to be excited about that. They've got a good receiving core. John Brown appears to be on his way back. If not this week, he should be back next week. He came off the IR, so he's on the IRR right now. He, they have three weeks to be able <laughs> to play him, and if not, they'll have to shut him down, but it looks like he's going to probably try to practice today. So that's where I'm going with the Buffalo Bills. Who's number three? Yeah, you just uh... – took all my points but my number three is the buffalo bills um they're they're the most legitimate threat i believe to the kansas city chiefs in the afc at least in the playoffs unless somebody you know just plays a perfect game and knocks kansas city off before then i really love what i'm seeing out of josh allen right now i mean the the maturity and the steps forward he's taken um are just incredible i mean that that back corner throw to gabriel davis at the end of the game against pittsburgh on sunday night was just a thing of beauty um, and if they're, if he's going to do stuff like that, you know, if he's going to continue to improve, um, I just don't know how you beat this team still worried about the running game. Like you are, 
Um, but on occasion, they've shown off the ability to use the running game as a weapon, um, famously against New England, where New England was putting seven defensive backs on the field, and Brian Dayball said, that's cool, we'll just run outside zone you know, from a four-wide formation on you the whole day. So I, I think they'll scheme ways to get yards on the ground. So they're my number three. My number three are the Los Angeles Rams. I still believe in yeah. this team. I'm going to die on that hill. I think this team can at least make it to the NFC Championship game. I think this team – now, they've got a big game against the Seahawks here uh, a week from Sunday, and it's in Seattle, and winning that game is going to be very, very tough. But whether they win that game or not, I just believe their brand of football is going to travel well, and McVay is a solid coach. He is not the second coming like everyone thought he was, but he's also not a bum like they were accusing him of being the year after he just went to a Super Bowl. He's somewhere in the middle. Right. He's, he's a solid coach. I think he's a good coach. He, he gets the most out of his players, and he's starting to find out that it needs to be the Cam Akers show and getting Robert Woods and Cup rolling as well is a key thing. And the, like you laid out, the defense might be the best defense in the National Football League. It's up there. It's up in the top two or three for sure. It's between them and Pittsburgh, I believe, and you can throw a couple other teams in there for argument's sake, like the Saints or whatnot. But when the Saints take a dip for me when they allow Jalen Hurts to beat them, I'm sorry, but he, he was a rookie. Now, now the tape's going to come out on Jalen Hurts, and he's not going to look he, – he, he really didn't throw the ball that well, y'all. Everyone's making a big deal no, about didn't. this. There were some turnovers that Philly's defense did, but anyways, we'll move on from that. Uh, that's my number three team. Who's your number two? My number two is the Green Bay Packers. Um, they're firing on all cylinders. The defense is starting to get some guys back and has been a little bit unhealthy this year. As long as 12 is upright and he's in the pocket and they're keeping him clean, man, that's just, that's just not even fair. I mean, Rodgers to Adams, again, it was the Detroit Lions. We, we've never been able to cover Devontae Adams. I don't know that anybody can. I mean, unless they face the Rams in the playoffs, that would be the one team that I think could really give them problems because they can play man-to-man -man, uh, with the quality of their cornerbacks and probably rush an extra, an extra lineman or an extra safety or something at Rodgers to make him uncomfortable. That would be the nightmare, you know, matchup for the Packers, I would think, would be the Rams. Um, but Packers are, Packers are really in rarefied air right now. And they've already beat the Saints, so they, you know, they have the tiebreaker on them. They're in the driver's seat right now That's for true. that first-round bye. Uh, my number two team is the Kansas City Chiefs. They are playing well, but I don't think they're playing as well as they, they were playing last year. I feel like something's missing. There's a rhythm. They're, they get clunky from time to time offensively. That could just be them being bored and they're going to turn it on come playoff time. We will see. They are most likely going to be the number one seed now that Pittsburgh has dropped yet another game. It, it would take some uh, some doing to get Kansas City to fall out of that number one seed, which means they're going to have a bye. And that also means what? They need two wins to get to the Super Bowl. Both games will be in Kansas City. That's going to be a tall task. The best in front of fans. They've been, they've been having some fans there. Like, not a full house, but like 20%. I mean, it's looked like about a fifth of the place has been – and they're loud. I mean, <laughs> you know, stuff full of barbecue and whiskey – um, you know, it's it's gonna sound like thirty. That 000, Cleveland crowd you know, was was uh, pretty rowdy. Cleveland crowd was hopping. Yep, Cleveland crowd was hopping. 
it's good to see some fans in the stands and hopefully with these vaccines that have gotten pushed out quickly uh we'll, we'll get we'll see even more i believe i believe moderna is supposed to have their day it's i they're they're shooting for well thursday is going to be the the conference that they're going to have with the fda and they hope to get it approved as early as friday of course pfizer rolled out monday morning Pfizer's already out yeah. so uh and then, and then there's a third one that they hope to have out before christmas or approved. that's Johnson and Johnson, I think. No, Johnson and Johnson is mid January. Johnson and Johnson, okay. Johnson and Johnson is going to be the one jab. These others are two jabs. Two now, jabs. Now, what right. I haven't figured out was: Do you take the two jabs at the same time, or do you take a jab and then you come back in like a week and take the second jab? I, I haven't gotten that figured out. I it's I'm. It's at the same. It's at the same visit. It's not. It's not instantaneously the same two jabs. At, right. It's like a jab. And then like sixty seconds, and then another jab at another oh, site okay. on your on your arms. Okay, so who the hell cares? I mean, come on. If you're still if you're still <laughs> scared, Neil's at this point. You know, where were you in the nineties? Heroin was a hell of a, a hell of a lot of fun. No, I'm joking. <laughs> I'm joking. Up, I never did heroin. Uh, <laughs> uh, but um, the so. Regardless, I think by late January we're going to be getting some some fans in a lot of stands. It's going to come faster mm -hmm. than, than what a lot of these naysayers told us six months ago. It's going to come a lot faster because once you start getting them out and it gets rolling, and they and it's it's just like remember when everyone uh, questioned how fast the ventilators would come out, and then like you went to bed one night and you woke up and they said well, we we now have three point two billion ventilators and uh, we don't have anywhere to put them. So <laughs> it's going to be and and these take up less room. So I I really think that you're going to get these. Uh, the, these vaccinations once it gets rolling i think you're going to get them stepped up so quickly that we're going to get everyone try, keeps trying to say july dude there's no way there's no, no way no. unless it's going to be spring training is going to go off without a hitch right it's going to be mid-march early april we'll unless all be, some dumbass gets that's a, my Unless some dumbass gets in the way, right, and goes, well, we need to review right. this, and you, everyone's going to go, that's it, get them. <laughs> it takes one Regardless, person. Regardless, I, I had this conversation with someone in my family who does, who's not on the same side of the political spectrum as me, and we had, the, we had a, a very, very logical discussion about this. It's amazing that we've done this in a year, right? This is a testament to modern technology and to the medical community. And regardless of what you think of the previous administration or the coming administration to the ability of the government to do things quickly, because this is one year, this is a pandemic that's killed almost half a million people when, just in the United States. And, and we're, and we're going to have a vaccine for it on the street in a year, which is unheard it's amazing of. It took, that you took will, us 15 years to get a vaccine for polio. It's amazing. I mean, and it's one of the reasons why I think he will probably win, uh, possibly a Nobel prize, but he's going to win something. Uh, no, no. Was he in there in there with a lab coat and a beaker? No, but the president of the United States, I know he's polarizing. I know a lot of people don't like him. Dude, the guy got stuff done. And he got any This, this was amazing. When he, when, when, when they first came out with operation warp speed, it's kind of like this. You're the general manager of a football or baseball team. Did you draw up the plays? No. Were you out there running the routes? No. But you put the people in place, you should get some credit. And it's amazing that other than on a couple outlets, he gets no credit for this. That's why they were downplaying the entire. It's so dumbfounding. It's like, look, man, 
you you voted him out of office. Just give the guy his credit and let's just let's move on. But there, he's going on a world stage. He's going to get a lot of credit for this. The current media situation is really debunked, and they won't. But that's a different issue for a different day. Um, Number but, one. So back to that Kansas City. I don't know how the hell I got on that. I guess it was fans and stance. Uh, Kansas City's my number two team, and the reason why Kansas City's my number two team is because you know when you when you have three interceptions against the Dolphins, that's concerning. A team that had a a living, breathing quarterback would have capitalized on that, and you probably would have lost the yep. game. So the beard would have beat you. I guarantee the beard beats Kansas City. I'm at the three. Only, my, my, my those, own, those three, those three turn, those three turnovers he committed become a lot more than three points, which is what they yeah. were on Sunday. My only issue with what Brian Flores is doing is that he's building for the future, and I get it, but they have a really good team now, and I believe in when you have a chance to win now, let the kids sit and learn. It might be the best for him in the long run, right? It's he's been out there, he's he's been in the mix. It's not like he has not played. Let the veteran go. Let him do his thing because you can make a deep run. That Dolphins team is good. And if Tua screws around and the Dolphins don't make the playoffs, there's going to be a lot of dissension from older people in the locker room or people who just get it and say, look, man, we're not guaranteed that we're going to be back next year. What if we have some terrible injuries, right? You see it every year, so. Who is your number one? I think I know. My number one to that point is the Kansas City Chiefs. Um, they definitely should have lost that game this week. One thing to keep an eye on in Miami, and, and Miami's not in the top five, but just to mention it really quick, I don't I don't have any reporting on this. I don't know that the decision to start Tua or to continue to start Tua was Flores' decision. I hope it was. I almost wonder if that came from the owner. Stephen Ross, who is a known meddler and someone who, you know, has has not had a lot of success with his front office and coaches before this regime, before Chris Greer and Brian Flores. So, Flores so we'll see come, about that. Flores doesn't come off as a puppet to me, though, is the only thing. So. No, he doesn't. And that and that's why I, I think maybe he said, yeah, let's, you know, let's see, because I'm building something for the long term. And if we see the kid play now and find out he can't play. At least we know what our options are, right? You know, the, the Cardinals laid out the blueprint for that. I mean, they drafted Josh Rosen, and after a year, they were like, this dude doesn't have it. Like, we got, like, we got to go. <laughs> we got right. something else here. So, you know, I before that happened, I would never conceive that sort of thing. I still think Tua's the quarterback of the future. But back to Kansas City, um, you know, they just – I don't know how you stop that offense. I just don't. I mean, tactically and schematically – you can do any variance of things you want to try and slow them down. And Andy Reid has a counter and his counters are all just absolutely devastating. You try to double Travis Kelsey or Tyreek Hill or both. He's still got McCall Hardman and CEH. Mahomes makes plays out of nothing. Um, it's just, they're going to be really tough to beat. You're going to have to play a perfect game. You're going to have to get them to turn the ball over. And, you know, we've seen the blueprint for it. I mean, the Titans had them beat. Titans had them beat in the first half of that game last year in Kansas City let it get it through their fingers. If someone runs that runs that game plan and gets a little lucky, could be Buffalo, you know, could be a, a team we're not even talking about right now. Could be somebody we're not even thinking of. Could be Cleveland, could be Baltimore, could be Pittsburgh. We don't know. Um, but I just don't see it. it. It looks like the path is clear for them. Okay, so 
why Green Bay is my number one team because we're getting closer here. We're getting to the playoffs and we're looking at teams that if they're the number one team, then they got to be the team that you think is probably going to go make it to the Super Bowl. And unless something really strange happens in Green Bay, Wisconsin in late January this year, you are going to be playing in the elements. And Aaron Rodgers has shown time after time and time again that he can play in the elements. I'm thinking the Rams might be in the play in the NFC Championship game or the Saints. And regardless, I don't have a lot of faith in the Saints, a dome team going into Green Bay when it's, you know, Nipley is an understatement. And same thing from some team who is a dome team. One's from Los Angeles, California. One is from New Orleans, Louisiana. And I can guarantee you neither one of them are going to be ready to get hit in the face with that wind at Lambeau Field. So that's one of my main reasons Aaron Rodgers is playing incredible. He's probably the favorite for MVP in the league. I still submit my homer pick of Derrick Henry. I think those are the two picks, and there's no one even close. As as good as he is, Patrick Mahomes does not deserve the MVP this year. And the other usual suspects have, have been so up and down. Derrick Henry has carried his team. Aaron Rodgers has essentially carried his team. And so I've got to put Aaron Rodgers in cover. I can't wait for that game next next Sunday night. Uh, Packers versus Titans. That should be a lot of fun. It's the That's gonna be a good one. It's they're polar opposites, right? As far as one team wants to ground and pound you, the other team wants to chuck and duck you. And it should be a lot of fun <laughs> seeing both teams can do both, but Tennessee's DNA is run the football right down your throat. The Packers' DNA is throw the ball over your throat, right? And so it should be a lot of fun. I'll be interested to see how big of an influence Aaron Jones has on that game. I'll also be interested to see how well Tannehill plays in those elements because it should be cold, I would think. So there you have that real quick on the college football signings. I uh, wanted to update that real quick on what I have found in the uh, – well, it's moved again. So um, what I've seen on the college football ranking so far, it's the usual suspects. What they're expecting to come out today is Alabama 1, Ohio State 2, Georgia 3, which is interesting because – They've been so lackluster. I'll be interested to see if all these guys, because a lot of your big name recruits, by the way, are not they're they're scheduled to to make their appearances on 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 national television. And maybe that's why they're not right. carrying it until later. They're going to do it around 10, 11, noon, that kind of stuff. If you do want to keep an eye, I did find one outlet, Sean. If you go to the CBS sports hq app which is free to stream for anybody smart tv or whatever device you have um they're going to be doing coverage they say from 9 a.m eastern all the way to 6 p.m eastern and they're and they've got a number of kids they're going to announce on their on their uh, broadcast beginning i believe at 10 30 is their first call on that but clemson four lsu five oregon six the gator seven will be interesting to see if that debacle last weekend hurts them notre dame eighth north carolina is projected to be in the night in the top 10 miami hurricanes 10 to no surprise after they've had a pretty good season uh ou 
11, A&M 12, and Tennessee Volunteers, number 13. We'll see. Remember <laughs> last year, they made a move into the top 10, and it'll be interesting to see. And not to be looked over, your Michigan Wolverines are, are being projected at number 15 as of 10 a.m. right now. We'll see what happens. Mm. What it did last year, what I saw, I've been following last last few years, this day still is indicative of what you probably finish in your so the big names they are going they're going to sign today. You right. have you you have 48 hours to sign these kids. And then you don't come back until the first or second Wednesday in February and you yep. can sign again. It's usually the first Wednesday. Right. Yeah. But most of these kids want to get signed in cuz they don't want their scholarships gone to some other yokel because you couldn't decide uh, you know which one of these power 5 blue chip conferences do I want to go to so uh by the way Florida State is being projected at 28th though what they've done so far I would think they're going to move up at least a little bit maybe even up into the top 20 um I kind of look at this as a throwaway year anything that Mike Norvell can pull off will be interesting Auburn 24th is what they're projecting and I don't see anyone that's jumping off the board that's saying, "Man, are they low?" And they're they're a blue blood, right? Um, I don't see. Uh, I don't know where Cincinnati normally goes, but they're forty seventh right now. I would think that they would move up some spots today because I've, I've heard some rumblings and some rumors of some guys that might head there. So Indiana's fifty. I bet they don't finish in the top fifty very often. <laughs> How the hell is Vanderbilt fifty fourth? Who, who is going Based to that dumpster fire? Am I on football rankings? <laughs> if I accidentally you flipped, might be on, if I flipped over, you might two, be on you, you might be on women's lacrosse rankings. I was just you about might, to say, double check. did I flip over to the women's soccer team? <laughs> Sarah Fuller, baby, let's go. Um, maybe some dudes have a crush on her. They're like, yeah, I'll, I'll play there. Let's go. <laughs> Uh, see, let's time to turn back time and then we'll do our walk-offs. Uh, always try to be a little more prepared, but I never am. Here we go. I should be on my tombstone. If I could turn back time. 53 years ago today. Sean was in grade school. 53 years old. <laughs> Three years ago today. Will Chamberlain drops 68 points versus the Bulls. <clears throat> That's only 32 points off his record he would set later on with 100 points in a game. One that I don't think will ever finish. Also, on this date, 1972, speaking of the Dolphins, they become the first team to run the gambit and go undefeated. They were 14-0-0. And the reason why they always put that O there, there was, I think it was a Chicago team in the 40s that had gone 10-0-1 in their season. So first regular season team to ever go undefeated. And of course, that team would go on to win the Super Bowl. Uh, they would beat the Redskins. And I still, the poetic justice would have been just great, but they screwed it up by that stupid kicker. Um they went 17 and 0 that year. They were up 14 to nothing on the Redskins, lining up for a field goal that would have won the game 17 to nothing. It was midway through the fourth quarter. Instead, that that 
kick got famously blocked. The stupid kicker tried to pick it up and throw it. It looks like he had never. Arrow, you priming him? Yes, looks like he had never thrown even a loaf of bread uh, through the kitchen. He bobbles and beeps a bit up, and uh, and it gets picked off and ran all the way back for a touchdown. I remember I used to stew over there as a kid because that was the team of my youth. I used to rewind and watch that play and break it down and get pissed about it. Um, also, on this <laughs> date, just a year later. O.J. Simpson becomes the first NFL running back with 2,000 yards in a season. I remember when Dickerson broke that record, which still stands, his his record. That was like one of the mm-hmm. biggest things on the planet. Are you young enough or old, old, old enough to – No, I remember. You know, okay. I remember Dickerson because Barry Sanders had a couple of years where he No, had I mean, do you remember like- that specific when he broke the record, it being such a big deal nationally? Yes. it was. I mean, I was young, but I remember it. I know you're only like a year or two younger than me, but I, you, you know things that stand out in my mind at an early age. Some people are like I don't know what the hell you're talking about. Um, <laughs> like, dude, I was playing with blocks. Why the hell were you watching football? <laughs> uh, birthdays. It's your birthday today. We're gonna go with a happy birthday to. Uh, the sixth man of the year in 1993 played for the Phoenix Suns, Portland Trailblazers, born in Buffalo, New York. I picked him up because of your hat. Do you know who that possibly could be? And this is a difficult one. I'm not trying to. Sixth man of the year for the 93. For, for 94. Um, oh, I'm sorry. 93 sixth man of the year. An NBA All-Star in 94, the only year he was, a, he was an All-Star. Played for the Suns and more, you would remember him more for the Trailblazers. I'm going to guess Terry Porter. Close. Cliff Robinson. Mm. He's 54 Cliff years Robinson. old today. Um, nice. I've not thought of him in a long time. Um, what happened to that guy? Like He, like he was legit for that 93-94 area. And then, all right. The, I could be wrong, but I could be wrong, but yeah, he passed away in August of this year. I thought I missed that. Yeah, Cliff Robinson. No, but I'm. Well, I know he passed away. I'm saying whatever happened to him with his with his career. I felt, always felt like he he was extremely. I felt like he could have been a lot better. Is is yeah? I, I guess is where I'm going with that. What is your walk off for the day, sir? My walk off is uh, Big Ten basketball. Been having a lot of fun watching it. Uh, Michigan's gotten off to a great 6-0 start, and seven teams in the Big Ten are in the top 25. 3, 4, 12, 13, 14, 19, 20, and 25. Uh, Michigan's at the bottom of that, even though they're at the top of the Big Ten. They got a little break here um, before, you know, the conference uh, games really start getting started in earnest closer to Christmas and the end of the year. Um, So it's going to be a lot of fun to watch. It's still weird not seeing fans in the stands. We've talked about that a couple times on the show. Look forward to seeing that change. Um, but it's been it's Juwan Howard is is really taking some of the sting out of this year in Michigan athletics for me uh, by coming out of the gate just screaming at six and zero with this big just super talented center named Hunter Dickinson who's just wrecking people down low. Um, when we eventually play Iowa, it's going to be Hunter Dickinson on one side and Luca Garza on the other at Iowa. And you know who Luca Garza is, even if you don't recognize that name. I swear to God, he's been there for 13 years. I, I mean, I, I swear he was there in 1995. Um, and he's that's going to be amazing. I can't wait to watch it. Um, that's it. That's my walk-off. 
my my uh, walk off is the uh, armchair. What you're watching today? Uh, so, speaking of Big Ten, Ohio State number twenty in the country plays at Purdue today at seven o'clock. <clears throat> Pitt Miami one. should be a decent game. That's at six o'clock. East all all times are Eastern. Eight o'clock locally. If you get a chance for anyone in the area that's wants to go catch this game, Ole Miss travels to Middle Tennessee State tonight, and that game is at Saw eight that. o'clock. If you don't get a chance to get to it, it will be televised on the CBS Sports Network. And nine o'clock tonight, Notre Dame hosts Mike Shashevsky and all his tears. And the twenty first, <laughs> how, how strange is it to hear this? The twenty first ranked Duke Blue Devils. It's a weird year, man. It's a weird year. And uh, by the way, whenever that happens, that Iowa-Michigan game happens, make sure you text me or something because I want to make sure I don't miss that. A lot of these games are going to come out of so fast. I'm going to be sucked into a to an They only play game. once this year, and it's really late in the year. It's like February. It's like February the seventh or right, something but like I, that. I, I, it's, I, I it's a ways from now. I might. I might. It might go under my radar. Florida State's playing Duke or right. something, right? So. I definitely want to see that matchup. I want to see Michigan. I've not seen Michigan play this year yet, not a full game. I saw them bits and pieces when they played some Bozo at the very, very beginning of the year, mm-hmm. but I have not caught them in a full game. And they're on, um, they're on national TV on Christmas Day at Nebraska. So that, that's and weird. I mean, that's a day that's usually on the NBA. Yeah, you know, on the NBA docket. But for some reason, the Big Ten has three games that day. By the so. way, real quick before we have to jump off here, is we got two minutes before they're going to cut us off. Um, what did you think of your fantasy uh, basketball draft? Loved it. It was a lot of fun. It was it was great to uh, interact with some guys that I don't usually interact with, uh, who are affiliated with the uh, you know the ACQB network, and um, it, it was it was a hoot. Um, it was. Do you more, like your team? Oh, I love my team. Love my team. Love did, my team. There were you, there were a few guys I give wanted. Me, give me three players. I, I, give me three players that you got that you're glad you got. Um, I'm really glad I got Damian Lillard. I mean, he's, you know, my team name is Dame of Thrones, so that's that's not too hard to figure out. I was really glad I got Blake Griffin. I don't know that he ends the year as a piston, and I think that was part of my motivation for taking him because I think he's going to end up somewhere else. He's he's a piece that I think eventually ends up in Golden State or somewhere that someone's trying to make the playoffs, um, and that was really interesting to me. The other one I'm just really glad that I got. I'm glad I got Demonis Sabonis. I have to watch a lot of Pacers games because of my son. He's easily the most watchable player on that team, and he's fantasy gold because he's assists, points, rebounds, plays his butt off, um, doesn't take a lot of nights off, just something you can really count on. So those are three guys I really liked. I got Luka Doncic, Zion Williamson, and Jason Tatum. Those are three of my favorite players, so – uh, I'm I, I'm happy. All, all in all, I'm pretty happy with my team. And then, of course, I went out there and picked up every Florida State Seminole I could find, every rookie, just <laughs> just because I want to have a reason to 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 keep up with them. Yeah, not not saying I'm going to keep them, but I'm I'm curious to see how the season begins and how a Devin Vassell works into San Antonio's, and then of course Patrick Williams at Chicago. He should be phenomenal. This were a keeper league, I'd be more excited about that. I had these guys, but I'm just. I'm I'm really interested. Just doing the one league in NBA, and I'm I'm uh, I'm excited for it to get going when it's next Tuesday. So, uh, great job, Sean. We will see you Monday. Uh, sorry, some Monday Sunday at 11 a.m. As we wind down, we only fantasy got, football. Yeah, we only got two shows left. So, oh, congrats to you on uh, getting off the Schneid and winning the uh, the uh, challenge. So 
you've got a win, I've got three, and our fantasy sports writer has zero wins so far. <laughs> <laughs> Look how that worked out. Yeah, that's how it goes. We'll see y'all tomorrow. Tomorrow's Thursday. Timus Wooten is back all the way from the Middle East. We can't wait to hear his stories. Goodbye, sweetheart. Well, it's time to go. We're back tomorrow with another show. Well, unless we're fired, we'll talk to you then. Goodbye, sweetheart. Goodbye. Goodbye. Guys and gals, it's time to go. We'll see you on the next show. Same back time, same back channel. Thanks for listening to Armchair Quarterback Radio, your first choice for sports talk here on the First Coast. (laughs) Armchair Quarterback Radio comes your way every day. Find Armchair Quarterbacks Radio on Facebook today. And don't forget to tap that app. The Armchair Quarterbacks app is free to download, and you can take us anywhere you go. You can hear the whole show every day on Armchair Quarterbacks app. Can I get another cigarette, please? Can I get another cigarette, please? Yeah, I know I live to regret it. Just give me another cigarette, please. you haven't downloaded it yet, the Armchair Quarterbacks app is the best app you can tap today. Google Android, Apple iPhone. That's right, download it, tap that app today. You can take the Armchair Quarterbacks app anywhere. Free to download, free to use, and important to have. Download it today. Tap that Armchair Quarterbacks app. The best in Southeast sports talk. Listen live or catch the replay. I kind of like that. I want to tap that.